thank you precious father before I begin let me just say this to you this morning there used to be a time when we went to church and they said to us that in this service today God may bless your neighbor that God may favor some people above others and then we didn't have a problem with that but right now we have come to a place of understanding where we know that God is not a respecter of persons God will not come to this service and bless Mr. A and skip Mr. B and that, what that means that if you are in this service today we have come to a place of transformation somebody say amen and whatever God is about to do he will do for everyone somebody say loud amen listen to me carefully the only thing is the key in your hand to be able to change your mind to be able to accept like Mary said she didn't understand it all oh but I love her prayer she simply says may it be unto me according to your word I don't know how exactly it's going to happen I am not sure of what the all the things that has to be in place I'm not even sure exactly how you're going to do all this but all I know may you be unto me according to your word and may that be your prayer today in the name of Jesus whether it fits your theology or not whether it fits perfectly whether the English is the tenses are all mixed up correctly or not whether or whether this morning that all you've got to say in your heart deep in your heart if this be your word may it be unto me according to your word somebody say louder amen since i'm going to be talking about material prosperity this morning <laughs> let me begin with the testimony if you've been a part of this church you know that there's some things we don't necessarily talk about not because they don't happen but we want people to focus their mind and so our beloved don't forget for a cup for your cup to be filled this morning you must empty some certain things you must empty some certain things and when we started i wanted to get a bus because i noticed that we had some people coming from a far distance so we wanted to get a bus for the church i didn't have the money so i started putting some money together and then I even reached out to some of my friends say you know we started this work we have people coming from a long distance and you know we would like to give them a boss so if you can help us I didn't know those promise when they say we'll, we'll get back to you we'll get back to you and none of them did and so I left it by the side friends just just follow me that's my you you got a picture of how God works and so I kind of left it didn't bother me and service keeps going we keep teaching and preaching at the end of the service on a certain day somebody walked up to me and said please can you come and see me in the office tomorrow or fellingly tomorrow morning please i need to see you i have something to say to you i said fine so i went to the office 
And the person said, Pastor, you know, I have something I want to share with you. And he said, um, one day you, you were in the church, you were preaching. Just pay, just pay close attention, please. You were preaching and suddenly I saw myself differently. Somebody say, loud amen. He said, suddenly I saw a different version of me. He said, suddenly I saw that I am better than what I look like now. And then immediately I remember that there's a project I've been trying to do. I've tried to do it over and over. It wasn't working. Now listen to this. But he says, in that picture of the new me, I saw that I could make that project work. Somebody say, Lord, amen. He said, in that picture. So you walked into service with a different picture of you. Today, may you live with a better picture. And he says, in that new picture, I saw that I could do this. And I said to God right there, I'm going to do this. And if it works, because I know it's going to work, I will buy this boss, this church, a boss. Listen to me. I was just preaching. That's why I said to people, in case you just joined us, when you are part of an assembly, you've got to understand the spirit that works in the place. God told me from the beginning, everything I do in this house, I do through the world. Somebody say amen. Now sometimes I may address you personally or call you around or say something to you. But don't forget what I said. God is here to meet everybody, not some people. So as the world is coming, there are some of them that addresses you. Take them. Meanwhile, all these things I was not aware. Remember that day, we were not raising money for boss. <laughs> and he says, as he walks, I'm going to buy the church a bus. I'm glad he didn't tell me. It was between him and the girl. And he said, Pastor, I'm here to tell you that what I wanted to do, I've done. And here is the cash for the bus. Somebody say, Amen. Yes. Yes, you can celebrate me if you want. So that's how, without raising money, <laughs> Without doing boss project. <laughs> boss came. <laughs> That's how he came. We would just bought the boss. We only came to church and said, Brethren, behold the boss. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, and I say to you this morning, before you leave this service, you will see a different version of you. If you receive, you say a louder amen. amen. I said, you say a louder amen. amen. And in this picture, you will see possibilities. You will look up and say, truly, truly, it had been impossible with men, but with God, all things are possible. Hallelujah. Listen, friends, I've been sharing with you over and over. We are going into that phase where God must be tangible. The story of a God that lives in heaven will no longer hold ground. People need to have a real encounter. They have to have a God that is alive, a God that works. This morning, I come to declare over this house, 
none shall be poor. Somebody say amen. I say it again. In the authority of my father, I declare over you hearing me. Whether you hear me here or by tape or whatever afterwards, if you hear this word, may it settle in your spirit. I decree over your mouth shall be poor in the name of Jesus. Stand to your feet, everyone. Stand to your feet. Thank you, Jesus. Zankon Deskoli Pradash. We give you all of the praise and all of the glory. I want you to begin to speak with your mouth what you just heard right now. Say, today I see a different picture of me. Say, poverty is gone. It has no rule over me. Begin to prophesy over yourself. Say that. Come, you. Come. Yes, you. Thank you, Jesus. You are the lady I met yesterday, right? Thank you, Jesus. Your life has been like a journey. You know that already. I don't have to tell you. A little bit of confusion here and there. Right? When you met me yesterday, were you praying to meet me? Did you know you were going to meet me? Now, this is how I prefer God works. When you least expect, He shows up. Listen to me carefully. God is about to begin a new journey in your life. Somebody tell me, what is it that comes to your mind? Lack of money. Somebody, who hold the person? Lack of money. Lack of money. When you heard the word poverty, you thought it's just lack of money. And so you're trying to get money. Working so hard to get money. Thank you, Jesus. But let's look at it two 
heroes. Number one, let's look at it from the eyes of man first. Don't forget, man is physical. Man only makes choices and comes to conclusions based on what his physical eyes can see. Is that true? So when a man sees lack of something, lack of money, he said this person is poor. And that's okay because man is man. He has all the physical eyes. But let's, but let's look at it from the eyes of God. Remember, I'm beginning a series. And so what I try to do today uh, is also a Thanksgiving service. So I will lay the foundations and then we'll push on from there. And so, but let's look at it from the eyes of God. What does poverty mean? In the eyes of God. Listen to me if you're right, you write this down. In the eyes of God, poverty means the absence of Christ in the heart of a man. The absence of Christ in the heart of a man, friends. That's what poverty looks like in the eyes of God. The absence of Christ in the life of a man. That man may be rich, he may have money, he may be famous. He may have means. But in the eyes of God, the absence of Christ in the life of a man is poverty. That man is wretched. Not just poor. That man is completely wretched. So if you are hearing me this morning, or five years down the line, you listen to this message, and you know you have no Christ in your life, you are as poor as anything. You may be the president of a nation. You may be in the first list of billionaires. But you are poor. Let's look. Give me Luke, please. Let's look at Luke. <laughs> Chapter number 4. Verse number 18. Luke, the book of Luke. According, gospel according to our beloved brother, Dr. Luke. He says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to be hope. Somebody say hope. If you're here, you say hope. To be hope for the poor. The Spirit of God is upon me. For he has anointed me, Jesus says, to be hope for the poor. Somebody say hope for the poor. Now, again, let me show you why we use the TPT. Because the other, other translations say, he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. Is that what it says? Now, that's okay. But watch this very carefully. If Jesus... If Jesus be not the good news, that means there's another good news that Jesus had to preach. Does that make sense? The good news for the poor is Christ being preached to them. So that's why this translation says to be. It didn't say to preach. It says to be hope for the poor. And don't forget, I just told you that in the eyes of God, the poor man is the man who does not have the hope of Christ. Does that make sense now? So in the eyes of God, it didn't matter whether that man has or he hasn't. In the eyes of God, that man is poor. 
Now look up here so that this will make perfect sense. So today, in the same spirit that was upon Christ, which is also upon me, somebody say amen. I preach Christ to be the hope for the poor. So Christ is the good news. Does that make sense to you? He has anointed me to preach Christ to be the hope for the poor. If Christ be not the good news, that means there was another good news he was preaching. So that's why we use the TPT. He puts it all together. He brings it all together. And he says, watch this. Freedom. Somebody say freedom. Liberty for the broken hearted. The other translation says healing for the broken hearted. And he says to become. Remember, the other translation says to preach sight to those who are blind. No, this one says that he is the new eyes for the blind. Somebody say a loud amen. When Christ is your eyes, you cannot walk in darkness. How many of you agree with me? Watch this. Jesus says there are 12 hours in a day. You can follow that natural course and you still walk in darkness. But you cannot follow me who gives light to the world and walk in darkness. This morning you will see in the name of Jesus. I was showing them in the discipleship class, in my class this morning. Jesus says something that nobody, look up here. You know people argue, is Jesus God? Was Jesus God? If you get sense and you start to look at the words of Jesus, you will know that only God would have said that. He says, I am light to the world. He says, no prophet would have said that. No man could have said that. He says, I am light to the world. He says. And he says, anyone who embraces me, I'm putting the TPT, anyone who embraces me will experience the light-giving life. That means that light I am impacts life. As if it was not enough. He says this, and that person will never, I explained to them this morning, that never is not your English never. It's double negative. That means never ever. That means it is impossible for a man to embrace me and walk in darkness. Only God would have said that. And friends, that is the confidence with which we preach Christ into the heart of men. Because his Christ is preached into you. That's why we can tell you, you cannot walk in darkness. Demons, principalities, and powers. They have lost their control over your life. Somebody say, amen. amen. And that's why I tell people, don't go and be wrestling for where you've been set free. When they see you, they run away. That's how it's supposed to do. Except that you don't know. And because you don't know, they may take advantage of your ignorance. The Holy Ghost said to me one day, watch. 
He said, Did you see? Did you notice that each time demons saw Christ, they cried out? Is that true? Before he said anything, they shouted, Son of David, Son of God, have you come to destroy us before? And Jesus said, Shut up, keep quiet. And you know why he was shutting them up? The gospel is not supposed to be preached from the mouth of demons. He shut them up. Now the Holy Ghost said to me, Listen to this, and I'll be saying this. In the same way they knew Christ, that is also how they know all of us. They know who we are. The only problem, listen to this, not only did they know who Christ was, they also knew that Christ knew who he was. They know you. The problem is that you don't know who you are. Today, your eyes will see in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. With what confidence. The Bible says, when they listened to him, they marveled, they were awestruck. Why? The Bible said he spoke as one with the authority of God, not like the Pharisees. And today, it is with that same authority that we declare the word of God. And that Jesus says, no man will embrace me and walk in darkness. That's why he said, he is the eyes, their new eyes. So when we preach Christ as the eyes through which you see your life, then you begin to see exactly what you look like. When Christ becomes the eyes through which you see God, then you know exactly what God looks like. When Christ becomes the eyes through which you see your destiny, through which you see your purpose, through which you see your future, then you know exactly what your future looks like. May He be your eyes in the name of Jesus. And He says, New eyes for the blind. And then to preach to prisoners, say to them, You are set free. Not that you are going to be. We bring the good news to every man that God in Christ has set us free. From sin and the consequences of sin. And watch this. He says, I have come to share the message of Jubilee. For the time of God's great acceptance has begun. In other words, the message of reconciliation. The message of grace he has given to us. To go and tell all men, you have been reconciled. Come back. You don't need to run. Thank you, Jesus. And so, I read the scripture. To show you in the eyes of God what poverty means. Now, but the good news is for you and I, we are no longer poor because we have Christ. Somebody say a loud amen. Uh, is that all you can say? A loud amen. amen. <laughs> I am not poor in the eyes of God because I have Christ. Yeah, I have Christ. And you have him too. If you don't have him, right where you are seated, all you have to say is say, I, I receive. Christ come into man. There's no drama to it. Open up your heart and let him come in. That's all you have to do. And so we have Christ. So in the eyes of God, we are not poor. So what we want to talk about is material. Listen to this carefully. We want to address material wealth. Material prosperity. That's what we want to talk about. And the question we, I want to really answer, is it possible that being rich in Christ, listen to this, can also make you rich materially, mentally, emotionally, physically, and headwise? Remember, poverty just means lack or less value. Lack. 
or something that has less value. So, somebody can be poor in their health. Is that true? Somebody can be poor mentally. Is that true? In fact, can I tell you something? Most of the other poverty comes from these ones. So, poverty is not only not lack of money. It includes lack of money. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. So, is it possible that we be rich? Because if you have Christ, in the eyes of God, you are not poor. Because you already have Christ. How can we have Christ and be poor in his eyes? That matter is settled. So, what we are talking about is here now. Is it possible that being rich in Christ will also lead to material? Somebody say material wealth. Why they talk and let's say the fear? Say what? Do you want it? Sister, see, cheat them, see what <laughs> Listen, friends. Today, we want to kill some of the underlying factors that is limiting a lot of people. I don't like poverty. And if you are around me, you too will need to hate it. Somebody say amen. I say I don't like poverty <laughs> bad though. <laughs> Something will go make you hey? you see <laughs> you see somebody buy a new car called the vest inside. You don't laugh with them, but the vest inside. Poverty will make you. You go out, they tell you that this envelope is 20 naira. You start to price from 8 naira first. So you see, not envelope. Huh? Listen, what you are pricing is not the value of the envelope, it's the value of your pocket. Uh, uh, envelope now, envelope now. Envelope. Huh? Envelope. You, it's not the value. Now, waiting in your pocket, you are trying to confirm the value of that thing to waiting inside your pocket, and you are present with passion. Envelope now, is it not envelope? Give me now, give me now, give me now. God bless you. Give me now. It's naira. Give me now. No. Mm-mm. I don't like it. Now, you may not agree with your theology. You may not agree with what they, what they have told you. But me, I know like him. Hmm? Is he good to say like that? Is he good to say like that? Okay, well, let's put it to test. How many of you like poverty? Raise your hand up. So why are you looking at me as if I'm saying something wrong? Nobody like him. Nobody likes it. And it will never be your portion in the name of Jesus. You go up here, friends, with men, the Bible said many things are impossible. But with my God, nothing is impossible. I've got to believe that. If nothing is impossible, then it means that nothing is impossible. And that means in a church like this, it's possible that no one is poor. Somebody say, Amen. You know, before we could come to messages like this, it's taken us years to lay the foundation. Have you noticed that? foundation of our righteousness of who we are we didn't come in here talking about money or stuff like that no 
But we thank God. So we have laid the foundations. Poverty is no good. It's no good. Poverty is neither to the glory of man nor to the glory of God. It's not, it does not give man glory. Neither does. Hey, this is my poverty. Maybe not so good at one time. To fear one. To fear one. <laughs> so which, which can't be that? Huh? You could use the verse. Hmm? Even one verse, no death, you go find verse. Everything the verse you. No. It's not us. The good thing about it is this. You know, we have laid these foundations. And before you crucify us, go back, get the messages and listen. I don't have to have wealth to be who I am in Christ. Is that true? Thank you, Jesus. That we know that. I don't have to have billions in my bank account to live a life that is full of joy and peace. For Christ has become my joy. For Christ has become my peace. My joy or my completeness has nothing to do with what I have or what I don't have. Because I have joy that is independent of circumstance. My bank account balance does not depict my joy. Is that clear enough? However, with the resources in your hand, you have a lot more power. Is that true? Is that true? Now, is that true? Good. With resources in your hand, God can do much more through you. With resources in your hand, at least you are not a burden to other people. Is that true? Even if you don't help other people, you are minus our problems. Hmm? And I say this word to you from the Spirit of God. Open up your heart and you will see that even God does not have a problem with you having you will see that. He doesn't have a problem with you having. And the words I speak to you are his words. I know that the church made a mess of prosperity. They started to talk about all this nonsense. No, that's not what we're talking about here. What we're talking about is control, power that wealth and resources gives. Is that something we should talk about? You want to hear it, right? Hallelujah. I want to make sure I'm talking to the right people. We are not discussing this because we are poor people. No. Because we have Christ. A man does not have Christ and is poor. What I'm talking about here is to close the gap in some areas. I know one of our brothers who is here. When he joined us new, each time we contributed money to do things he wasn't given but it pain, you could see it pained him because he wanted to give you can see it pained him and I looked at him and said brother don't worry in a very short while these things you are contributing money for you will be the one to write it off and they did 
come to pass. Yes, it did come to pass. It did come to pass. It came to pass. And I laughed. See, friends, with men, many things are impossible. But with God, nothing is impossible. Thank you, Jesus. Now, because of time, we want to look at very key question today. And then we push. Don't forget, we'll continue pushing to this. And before I say this, you have to understand that the messages we preach is not something for you to know. Jesus says, the words I speak to you, they are spirit and their life is supposed to cause a change. And we are so confident of this. For if I speak to you the words of man, it has no power. But the word of God, the Bible says it's full of power to accomplish that for which it is sent. And so receive this word and let it begin to repair you from inside. Begin to change your mind. Fix things around you. And so that you can see the way God sees. Now, so this is the solution we want to bring today. Is it the will of God that any man be poor? Now, let's, let's dig, dig down into this. And the reason I have to answer this question is this. There is people who, because you have tried, it did not work. You try, it did not work. You try again, it did not work. And maybe you start to say, perhaps this is the will of God. Hmm? I used to have a friend back in the day. And everybody, she wanted to get married. And so, so she tried one relationship, it didn't work. Another one, it didn't work. And she was talking to me one day. She says, perhaps it's not the will of God. For me to marry, I said, Ta! <laughs> Ta! Ushon. Don't ever say that. Let me tell you, those are some of the dangerous things that can happen to a human being. Because once you accept that, every door is closed. I said, Don't say that, my friend. And by the way, I don't know what this I know now. That one just come from inside. I said, Don't discharge. Don't discharge. Don't discharge. Ta! Close your mouth. And now she's married with three children. Mm. The one who said, maybe it's not the will of God. Who will tell you that? So we will try to answer the question today. Once and there for all, whether it is the will of God. Friend, is it the will, is it God that sits in heaven and God says, Mr. A will be poor and Mr. B will be rich. You know, people talk about destiny, right? They say, so the destiny of this man, this man is destined to be poor and this man is destined to be rich. Is it the will of God? Is it that God sits in heaven and he makes a choice that A will be rich and B will be poor? If that be the case, if God has destined that a man will be poor and I'm trying to push to that man to be rich, have I offended God? Huh? If I pray for that man to be rich, have I offended God? Always. So I said to God, Father, if that is your plan, then give me special grace, a special eyes, so that when I see a man, I will know that you have destined this one to be poor. So that we just have to tell him to manage his life. Because I don't want to offend your will. Because if I'm trying to teach that man how to do Tony Lumelu Foundation, 
I'm walking against the will of God. Because God has said this man will be poor. And I'm trying to help that man to get $5,000. Even that application is cursed because it's against the will of God. So I said to God, please, Oga, open my eyes. So that when I see a man, I know that you are destined for this one who shall be poor. I will preach to him calmly and tell him to be content with his poverty. For that is the will of God. And then, suddenly I hear, son, no. Look up here. It is not in any man's destiny to be poor. God does not work that way. Somebody say, Amen. Now I can tell you that upfront. God does not sit in heaven and say, this one will be poor all his life. This one will be rich. Now, if, if that was the case, then if I see a man who is rich, who is supposed to be rich, Maybe those ones, I will preach to them more so that they will come and become my church member. <laughs> because those ones have all that know-how, know-how. <laughs> I will go and witness to them. If I'm going to evangelism, I will first look. Look like this. Poor man? No. <laughs> Left side. <laughs> no, God doesn't work like that. No. I'm saying this because religion has stopped a lot of men. When you try and you try, it doesn't work. You start to say, perhaps this is my own lot in life. If that, if you have ever said that, be delivered today in the name of Jesus. No, it's not the will of God for you. And why can I say that? Let me just okay, let's look at. The scripture Matthew chapter 7 verse 9. I have too many scriptures. I will read a few. I've read one. Perhaps this is the final one. Then next Sunday we we'll push up on this. So that we get a grasp of it. I can tell you that because no father, no good father will ever want their children to be poor. To, be, to lack everything. Before they used to try to convince us that poverty was holiness. Hmm? They used to try to convince us before that poverty was holiness. No, it's not. Matthew chapter 7. Let's read verse 9. Do you know any parent that the translation says, which of you fathers? Do you know any parent? And why, why was Jesus saying this to them? Is to correct the way they thought about God. And he says, do you know any parent who would give his hungry child who asks for food a plate of rocks instead? Do you know any father? If God be my father, I'm confident that he wants the best for me. If he be your father, you also get to be absolutely confident the best for you. You will not ask him for something to eat and then he gives you a rock, place of rock instead. The last translation just says stones. Oh yeah? Here is stones because suffering is good for you. Why was he telling them this? Because that's the way they saw God. Next line. Oh, when asked for a piece of fish, the parent will say, or a snake instead. Look, 
give you this leg so that you will grow, you will mature. Let me give you this leg. By the time you this leg bites you, you'll get small sense. If God had to rely on physical poverty to teach me a lesson, that means he is overriding his own spirit inside of me. Look up here. If God, haven't you seen people who are, they are humble because they don't have anything? Abi, haven't you seen them? They, they walk like holiness because there's no money in the pocket. And then suddenly, actually money. In fact, even if they're expecting it, it hasn't even come. They're expecting the money. The way they look at everybody starts to change. So, why didn't that poverty teach them humility? That one is humility that came from poverty. No. God does not need physical poverty. To Otherwise, all the poor people in the earth now, they would have learned their lesson. And there are poor people everywhere. No, he doesn't need physical poverty. Everything he has given me is in the boss of my spirit. If I follow the spirit of God, I'm a humble guy. Praise God. And by the way, humility is not to talk gentle. Hmm? That guy, even the way he talks, so calm, calm down. That one is outward humility. Humility is the man. The Bible said, blessed are you when you come to the end of your road. Humility is that man who has come to the place where he knows that he cannot help himself. He cannot save himself. He cannot make himself holy. He cannot make himself righteous. And he stops his struggling and accepts the one that comes from God. That's humility. Humility is not to do your hand like this. So the guy, he talks very gently. Meanwhile, inside his heart, my fire, they come out. God does not need pain and suffering to mature me. If he does that, then I don't need the Holy Ghost. Don't show us enough pepper. <laughs> when we see enough pepper, no person will tell you. Oh, I have seen men with better business plans where they don't have money. Say, if I get money now, eh? All this one, what do they do? Buy a car. For what? Who do I need car for? I will save. I'm sure some of you have no such plans before. Good. I will save. No, me? Why, why will I spend 1,500 to eat a plate of food? What do they inside the food? No. No, 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 no. That time, that poverty they talk. You know that one? That poverty they talk. Say, no, no. Suppose I get money. No. Suppose I get money. My food, 250 at most. Huh? If that most. And then suddenly money comes. Money comes. Money comes. Even the way you put your hand in your pocket starts to change quickly. Money comes. But <laughs> eyes is open in the name of Jesus. Every limitation that experience has put upon you. Today is hereby broken in the name of Jesus. You are set free from it. People make the mistake of deciding their destiny because of an experience. The picture they have about their life starts to change because of the current environment. I used to have a relative. 
all his plan for his life was you know if i can make 150 a month i'll be okay in this abuja in this abuja if i could make just 150 of a month in a month after how much do i send how much do i spend i enter keke 15 naira from here i eat um what is that in um and no 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 the, the, the other one that has small you used to have small meat inside before gala 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 <laughs> By the time he calculates all that, so you know, if your one fifty is too much, after how much do I, do I spend? In this same Abuja, I do watch the guy in this same Abuja. Small by small, money enter. You know where we used to eat lunch? Eh? Look up. You know where we used to eat lunch? Eh? Which kind of meat? Transcorp protein. That's where we ate lunch. 8,000 naira per person. Poverty is not bad thing. I will never be poor. <laughs> it's your choice, so you can say, okay, you know, you know, I don't really want you know this. If you are around me, you don't like money, that is good. Go and make it and bring it. We know how to spend it. We like your humility. We embrace your we love you. Go and make it and bring it. We need you to preach the gospel. <laughs> Huh? We don't need to pray the gospel. I bet bring and come. Bring and come. We have no fear of money because we know what to do with it. We know what to do with it. He has no power to corrupt us. He's a messenger for us. Thank you, Jesus. Does God want you to prosper? Yes. Because no good father. The scripture says, give me the concluding line, please. The scripture says, no good father. He said, if you, watch this, if you, imperfect as you are, the other translation said, you being evil. And that evil right there is not just evil. That evil is that you being in your sinful state. Because a man who is at his sinful state is at the worst a human being can be. Any creature of God that is in their sinful state, that is the worst that person can be. Jesus says, you, even in the worst of your situation, look up here. You give them what is best. Even in your worst of the worst, he says. How much more worthy will your heavenly father who is not evil at all? Watch this. Watch this comparison. God and man. Jesus says, even at your worst, even though you are a man, even at your worst state, you know how to give the best of gifts to your children. And he says to them, how much more should a heavenly father who, number one, is not evil, number two, there is no shadow of darkness with him at all. He is not weak like you. He is not broke like you. You know the verse, say no better light. And he says, how much more will your heavenly father 
give wonderful. Somebody say wonderful. I love this translation. Wonderful gifts. Their theologians try to say that what Jesus was talking about, how much more will he give the Holy Spirit? Now that's fine. That's fine. But does the Holy Spirit come to suffer us? No. Let us translate there. That is the Holy Spirit. The Bible says the fruit of the Holy Spirit is what? Is what? Love, peace, uh-huh. So you know get how you take Lucan. It doesn't matter what angle you operate it. If God gives you a gift, it's got to be a wonderful gift. Somebody say that amen. So think about that. First of all, you are father. Say my father. No, let me say, say my father. No, say that my father. There's no one to be poor. And if he says so, now say you be. Somebody say amen. I say that's all. That's all. That's all. See, it doesn't matter what your village people have said, though. It doesn't matter what your education level has said. Now, it doesn't matter what your economy says. It doesn't matter whether you live in one room or you live in three rooms or you live in Metama or some place that will find it hard to pronounce the name. It doesn't matter about all that. And this is what I want to get to your head today. It doesn't matter where you're starting. It doesn't matter where you start. It's just all we you've got to do is to see the right picture. And we start to clear this picture. First of all, by letting you to know that the one who brought you has no plan for poverty for your life. Now, you've got to, listen to me first, you've got to have this convincing belief first as a foundation. That's where the whole thing starts. And let me help you answer. Now, let me give you some guidelines to answer. If you being wealthy, somebody say wealth. You know that there's a difference between rich and wealth, right? Now we're talking about wealth. Mm. And you will have it in the name of Jesus. Ooh, I say you will have it in the name of Jesus. You don't fear? Huh? You don't fear? Ah, waiting. If you don't like it, like it from me. Pastor needs it. Huh? So that, ooh, if I need something, mm, sister, so, 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 please call her for me now. And I know that there's no shadow. I don't have to prophesy. I don't have to give you a new vision for you to release. Now, is it the will of God? Let's answer. Let me give you three lines. If you need to note, you note this down very carefully. Answer these questions. Number one, if you want to test whether having wealth, money, increase is the will of God for our lives. Listen to me. Answer. Line these three things up. Number one, this is how you test it. Number one. Is it good for God? That's the question you ask. If your own money will not be good for God, then you don't belong to us. Remember, I'm speaking to those who have Christ in them. Sir, if you have plenty money, wealth, will it be good for God? Eh? He said over good. I like that. You having wealth. Listen, listen. People spend their life looking for the will of God. I want to simplify it for you. Ask yourself this question. And you know the answer. If your own wealth coming into your hand will become a terror for people, then you know, say, you are going to make a business. But if I look at myself, and I ask myself, 
if I have abundance of wealth, will it be good for God? And the answer is capital, yes. Number one. Number two, I'm trying to show you how to test if it's something, this particular thing is the will of God. Number two, is it good for people? That's the second question you ask. Is it good for God? Is it good for people that I have wealth? I don't know about you. For me, the answer is capital, yes. What about you? Is it the same? Will it be good for your family that you have money? Madam, will it be good for your community that you have money? Over good. Somebody say amen. What is good for God and what is good for people is the will of God. Number three. If you score these three things and the answer is yes, then you know it's the will of God. I said, number one, is it good for God? Yes. Is it good for people? Oh, there are many who will benefit. There's no single day, you all know, you, some of you walk around me, there's no single day I don't spend money. Trying to help somebody out there. Now, and I looked at somebody, I said, no, I've got to have more of this. There's no question about that. So, if you do fear the thing, me, I'm not fear them. Because I know what to do with it. I'm full of the Spirit of God. I know who I am. So plenty more money in my hand is good for God. Somebody say good for God. Rather good for God. Now say it that way. Plenty money in my hand is good for God. It's good for people. Finally, the last one. Is it good for me? <sighs> now you want an answer for yourself. Is it good for God? Is it good for people? Is it good for me? If those three questions, you wrote yes, 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 then the question has been answered. It is the will of God that you prosper. Only if it is not good for you. Maybe you have money now. Then you start to see the vision of a second wife. Then it's not good for you, right? But we know who we are. Somebody say, Lord, amen. <laughs> we are confident of the one who lives in us. Is it good for God that you are wealthy, that you are well to do? The answer is yes. Is it good? Will it be good for people? The answer is yes. Will it be good for you? If you answered yes, 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 then today, live here with this assurance that it is the will of God for you. Somebody say, Lord, amen. Never you doubt again. Don't worry. As we go down the line, we start to break down the other things. How to go from where you are to where you need to be. But first, we must put in the foundations. Because when you have a good foundation, now that you know, now if you get money, you know there are people who don't do things because they can't afford it. Is that true? That's why we don't go by the law. There are people who don't commit adultery. Eh? Because they can't afford it. Is that true? Eh? Is it? They can't
can't afford it. It's too expensive for them. They can't afford it. By the time they think about yourself, you can't carry one girl. You can't go chop fish. Hmm? I went out one evening and uh, this guy shows up with two ladies. They ordered the fish to eat there. You know the roasted fish, right? They ordered the one to eat there. And then they ordered another one for takeaway. And then the friend said, what about next tomorrow? Evil. <laughs> you know, so the guy, they tried to act up. He tried to compose himself. I stayed where, I stayed where I, I was looking at him. Foolish man. That's what I was saying. Two girls. Two fish for now. Two one for go. And they went to order another one. You took Satan out that night. Finally, the girl spoke up. Ah, you don't do now. <laughs> so I don't do now. I say, eh, hey, I don't know where they move. I don't know where they look at. Now you are, you are the one who wants to lose such a stupid life. There are people who don't do it because they can't afford it. So if money, if you answer the question, you know that money is not good for you. Then we need to do some more repairing. Is that okay? We need to repair. You need to go back. Let the Holy Ghost soak you in completely. So that it doesn't destroy you. But if you think yes and yes and yes, meaning number one is good for God. It's good for all who know me, who I come in contact to. And it's good for me. It's good for me. Somebody say it's good for me. Let me hear you say it's good for me. And so it is in the name of Jesus. Look up here. I was flying out from here to I was going to the US and um, I got to <laughs> the plane. There's a lady in front of me, an older lady and uh, she gave them her uh, what is that thing called? The, the other one? Burden pass. She gave them the burden pass. She gave it to them like this. They took it. I said, welcome ma. Welcome. Even the Hebrew woman took her back and they went this way. And I was right behind her. I stepped forth and I gave my own burden pass. She turned it. Okay. Mr. Jacob, this way. And look at me, so don't worry. I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this world can insult you, man. You know, they can insult you. We will not take that insult any longer. <laughs> hey, but look up here. I just said that as a sad joke because it doesn't matter where I sit on the plane, whether I sit in front or the back, wherever I sit. That place is first class. It is not the seat that makes me. I make the seat. I want to round off here by telling you this. We are not talking about wealth that defines us. No, we are only talking about it as a tool in our hand. Does that make sense? 
we are talking about it as what? A tool what? In our hands. It's not the one that will start to change your person. No. It must always be a servant to us. That's why it's good for a man to be filled with the Spirit of God. Because even the use of that money is different. Does that make sense to anybody? You will not go and start a cry. That man that took my father's land, 1948. Let's go and look for them now. No. No, you won't go looking for trouble with people. Because that's not the purpose for the wealth. Now, now, look up here. Please, as I make this statement, allow the Spirit of God to search your heart for yourself. Allow Him to search your heart. Let Him correct what needs to be corrected. Is that okay? Search your hearts. It's not for revenge. Now I will show them Pepe. Pepe them gang. No. It's not for that. It's for his will. Is that when you see men, you become a light to them. How many of you know that in this part of the world, the little people need help? Is that true? You become an answer to them. How many of you want to be answers to people? Amen. You want to be answers. Just leave those hands and say, Father, thank you. Just leave those hands. The problem of a man is not really his environment, even though they might contribute. But it's not really the environment. It's not really the economy of the place that he lives. The problem of a man is the limiting beliefs in his spirit. The limiting beliefs. Oh, Jesus. The limiting beliefs. Demons cannot stop you. The lies that you have worked That is why we have to clear this one now. Finally, once and for all. And look up here. Next Sunday, I'm going to be answering those scriptures that looks like they are against wealth. For example, you cannot serve two masters at the same time. Where Jesus says it is hard for a rich man, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than it is. And those are the scriptures. We are going to answer them. Please. I have them already listed here. I'm only stopping because of time. I have them listed. We are going to answer them. So that there is no, so that every limiting belief. Let me tell you what a limiting belief does. You can be doing everything right and be getting the wrong results. Because what you believe inside sabotages what you're doing. It's not about what you're doing, friend. It's the light that you're carrying. Looking for this work. Looking for this business. Looking for this one. No. But what you are trying to do is contrary to what is in your spirit. And so, but when that man is fixed from the inside, and then truly you will taste and see that nothing is impossible. When you think about money and wealth, then your eyes will open to what you have not seen before. Your eyes will open. Finally, let me give you this tip. And I drop this mic. Listen to me carefully. To see yourself as a sinner. And then try to walk your way to become righteous. Listen to me. I'm using this as an example. To see yourself as a sinner. And then try to learn principles or steps 
or things that you have to do to walk yourself from sinnerhood state to righteousness state is impossible. Is that true? Was that what we were taught before? So you saw yourself a sinner and then you are trying to walk your way to come out of sin to become righteous. When it comes to making money, ladies and gentlemen, that is also how many of us are operating. I'm just giving you this as a tip. There's a place we are and then we are trying to do different, different things to get ourselves out from that place. And it's no different from when we saw ourselves as sinners and then we're not trying to walk our way in to struggle from sinner man to righteous man. You know the road is painful. The road is difficult. And many times impossible. I just want to give you that tip. May the Holy Spirit give you understanding. In the name of Jesus. Bow down your head. Father, I thank you. What I have received by your spirit, I have also given by your spirit. Father, confirm these words in every life here in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you because that which is in your heart is now also in our heart. We thank you, Father, because our mouth will taste of the experiences. I thank you, Father, because you have opened a door for us. No man and nothing in heaven on earth can close it. We give you praise for all this. Lord, we return all the glory to you in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Heavenly Father, every power that you have deposited in us, every idea, everything that we need to break forth this morning, may it begin to manifest in the name of Jesus. You will see that that you have not seen before. You will understand that which you have not understood before. That which your eyes will need to see. Begin to see it now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, precious Father. Lord, we give you the praise and we give you the glory. And thank you for all that you have done. For in Jesus' precious name we pray. And those who are here will say a loud amen. And amen and amen and amen and amen. And we put your hands together for Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.